Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Stream Street. I'm joined by the wonderful and gorgeous Mr. Nick Pert over here. Hello, Hello. sir. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Good. Thanks for having me on for the Thursday night pre-show show. The Thursday night pre-show show, of course. Of course, which is perfect. Uh, thank you to Swally Knight for resubscribing. Uh-oh, Nick. I've started off and then I need to sneeze. What a terrible start to the show. How do the professionals do it? What do they do? Do they... Put something up their nose based on all TV uh, presenters. Mm. I imagine cocaine, but like, what else do I? Well, yeah, they've probably done so much cocaine that their nasal passage is just an empty tube, and there's <laughs> they've just been replaced by metal, so they don't need to sneeze anymore. <laughs> um, I that's probably why. But thanks for being here. Thanks Twitch chat for being here. I see all of you. You're all great. Scott B, mm. sorry again. Zavel, MJ Pixis, Bobbin, what's going on? Uh, Soul Parts of My Cursed City for twice what I paid for it. Stonks for days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Big stonks. <laughs> um, hey, Colaroo. I came here for Spice. I mean, it's only been a week since the Spice Center, Nick. The Spice. Um, Can they lead us to the Spice? The Spice Center. Some people are uh, not a fan of the Spice Center, actually. Uh, some really? Some feedback. Yeah. Did, like, we get some, what, did, we get, did we get some pushback on our Spice Center episode? We we got a little bit of a pushback. I think like I think the the conversation varies for the audience. Like some people want like an adult conversation where mm. there's like someone on the other side white knighting for the wrong opinion, uh, yeah. and then they don't want three people with the right opinion just dogging on. <laughs> like <laughs> I can like, I I can understand that, and I can understand some people not enjoying that that content and. You know, I think self-reflecting, you know, sometimes, maybe, sometimes we go a bit too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. And that's 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 fine, and we'll admit that. I don't think we'll ever say, oh, we, nothing we do is ever uh, outrageous or goes too far. Uh, and sometimes, like, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to get carried away if, if there's, like, three of us having a laugh and just sort of going in on it. And then the chat... Like, I, 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 I kind of imagine sometimes the Twitch chat is, like, the... the, the uh, the mob of Rome just sort of like, you know, egging us on. Uh, like stab Caesar, people. stab him! Yeah. <laughs> so like sometimes, yeah, you just kind of get carried away. But I don't think we have, I don't think we, uh, most of the time, I don't think we're na- nasty. It's more just silly jokes, really. Yeah, yeah. I, like, would, agree. I would agree with that. Most like, of yeah, I would think if anyone, if anyone pushes the line, it's probably me. But like... We try not to, and mainly it's trying to have a laugh is kind of the key point. But yeah. I think other other people enjoyed the Spice Center, and I think it's like that's the kind of like, that's the kind of thing like you know when you're in like a professional job and like you have to have like the sit down conversation. It all has to be like very HR and very conversational and like okay, and then you're just having the other conversation. You're like, do you want to not be a dick? I'm like, yeah, cool, I won't be a dick. You're like, sweet, handshake, let's rock. Mm. Like, I get that both need to like. I guess I get that the the first one is really important, like and is super important. But sometimes you kind of want to cut through it, don't you? And just be like, maybe don't be a dick. It seems easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Rob, your spiciest point was about 1080p. Didn't go hard enough. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Colonel Cabbage, for resubscribing. Um, hey, uh, hey, MJ Pegasus, cold shoulder, what up? Uh, still redacted. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone. It's all lovely. Uh, Nick, you've been doing any hobby? I, I think I've been uh, looking online. You've been working still on the Chrome Dart. Is that right? 
Yeah, I've not been doing loads on them, to be honest. Um, but I have um, I have made a test base for them now. So they're the Chrome look. I think... Oh, God. It's okay if you've got to go. Um, you take that and I'll... I'll call them back. Oh. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the... I've done a test base for them. So the Chrome look, uh, was it's blue sky and then brown sort of deserty uh, stuff uh, on the back. So I've just gone for like a flat, well, not perfectly flat base, like a slightly undulated base with a bit of filler and some rocks um, just to give the base a bit of uh, bit of interesting uh, stuff on it. Um, and I used some like crackle paste, not Games Workshop crackle paste. I got like a big tub of two different crackle paste. So basically you paint, a sticky layer on and then you paint the other pot on on top of it and then it dries and sets as like crack like desert a different sand. company yeah uh, i'll just grab it one quickly one sec interesting i'm excited to see how this is phones <laughs> on silent please i love that we're all still oh god horsing around hello everyone are you all well what's going up to it chat uh, i'm currently painting up as you guys have affectionately nicknamed it now shrek's house um, there's some detail work, some blocking in to do. <sighs> What's the paint coordinate? So it is Crackler from Polyvine. It's just uh, so there's a top coat and a, a base coat, Crackler paint. Um, it just goes on uh, like see through, but then you paint, then you have to paint the color on. So you could do like uh, uh, red or what a, like blue if we wanted to do weird alien landscape stuff like that um, but it was like 16 pounds for those two pots and i think they'll do a lot more than if i spent 16 pounds on um like games workshop uh, the grill and earth or whatever it's called yeah, i think get i'd like get a lot what? more value out of these you get like three or four pots i think uh, yeah three pots i think you probably get for that for that price and i don't think they cover as much and you can just paint whatever color you want so I've done a test base for that. I was pretty pleased. I think it once like the once the chrome effect paint model is on that base, it just it it makes the effect make a lot more sense than if it was just on a white base. Uh, it really sort of uh, yeah made it work. So I was really pleased with that. And I've just been chugging along, getting a few more done. I think I've got seven to eight of them done now, but it is it is a very long slog. So I'm not like like with my orcs like. Uh, batch painting them it's easy to sit down for a while and like just because it's just easy to paint just bashing it out but with a chrome i kind of really feel like i need to be in the mood to sit down and paint properly because it because i'd like i sat down for half an hour last night and did like half an hour's painting and all i did was one color of brown on one model so it's like half an hour of my life on one color for one model i didn't feel like i achieved very much but uh when they all eventually are done, they look they look really nice. I'm really pleased with them now. So that's kind of what I've been yeah, doing. Yeah, that's, that's just that's just too intense for me. Like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be super real. Like and and I get it. Like when you see armies done to that degree and that level, like it's just mm -hmm. amazing. It's just I yeah. can't. I just can't. And like and I think it's got a lot to do with like that reward kind of chemical in my head. I need mm. like there's a certain point I get to where I'm like I need to see it finished or it needs to be done or it needs to be halfway. I'm not yeah. someone who's like like a long-term planner in that sort of... I'm like, this will look really good in three to eight months. Not where I'm at. Like, my brain doesn't work that way. Like, that's not who I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... I've been getting those temptations. Like, when I did the test model with the brass scheme using the streak and grime, I was very, very tempted to just do the quick and fast route. But I've got a, I've got a load of painted armies now that I don't... I don't need to get this... 
I don't need to get this army finished uh, for a tournament. I've got there's no time scale for me to get it finished. And I did intend it to be a project where I wanted to really try something different and push the limits of my own current skills to try and create something a bit different and interesting. So I'm I'm pursuing it and I'm 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 not going to give up. I think. Uh, it's going to take me a long fucking time and it may break me mentally, but I, th- I think when I get there, eventually the payoff the payoff should be great. Especially um, as, based on how good the Drakari book is, we're expecting the craft world oh, to man, be like I'm, diamond hands to the moon, right? Yeah, Just like... I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the Eldar code is going to be broke as balls. Yeah, uh, particularly the Wraith stuff. And, I, and what, I'm, what I'm encouraged by is that they've kind of, in the newer codex, they have kind of figured out more ways to make a th- more thematic armies uh, mm, like encourage you to take more thematic armies like with the Jukari book they, they've, there's a way to write your list where uh, it can have all three elements or you can have the three separate elements the covens the cults and the cabals like separate or all just one mm. so I'm hoping that they do have a way to build like a wraith only detachment I don't know what craft world it is. I can't remember what craft world it is that mostly have wraiths. Um, but yeah, it would be really sweet if they had. Like, and kind of like the Dark Angels one as well, how they had the Deathwing uh, one, where uh, if you had just only Deathwing and a Vanguard detachment, they all got obsec and you could build drama that way. So I'm hoping they have something similar for wraiths. That would be pretty cool. So you want you want it's Iandon. Thank you very much, everyone. Iandon, so yes, so you, you want you want uh, you want not only race to be brilliant separately, but when also taken on their own, uh, also uh, obsec and brilliant at the same time. Obsec and probably transhuman and like an ilmin four up say invuln save, um, <laughs> auto hits, auto wounds, mortal wounds in addition. <laughs> um, so I'm not. I don't think I'm asking for. Don't think I don't think you're asking for too much. That seems really reasonable, actually. Yeah. Uh, thinking yeah. it through, based on based on this, um, I mean, it's kind of the hot topic this week, right? We already had Falcon on the show talking about. It. We're going to talk about it on the show tonight that kind of like power yeah. level of the Drukari. Uh, you can't really escape that conversation at the minute. It seems to be all kind of match play. 40k is discussing, and what not only is match play 40k discussing it. They're also discussing it and then discussing how it's not important at the same time somehow. <laughs> the same, they're like, it is important, it's not important. Uh, there's a Goonhammer article, there's rage against the Goonhammer article, there's people supporting the Goonhammer article, there's people who don't think it's gone far enough. The, the, the smorgasbord mm. of, uh, of opinions is out there, which is fun. Have you, got any, uh, have you got any takes or feels on any of it? On the Dark Eldar? Well, I think on the whole, on the whole conversation and the whole setup, really. Um, I've not really paid loads of attention to, I mean, I've, I've, I'm going to read the Gunheimer article this afternoon in more detail, uh, before the show. I've kind of skimmed the first, the first half of it yesterday when it came out, but I've not seen any backlash on it. Uh, but what, apart from someone puts me in the WhatsApp group about them getting, or on Twitter about them getting some shit for it. People like saying what, you know, you just need to adapt uh, adapt to it, um, and I thought it was interesting what Peter said the other day about his opinion was that it's been it, that people, the top players, usually adapt to the new filth pretty quickly, um, and that hasn't happened. So therefore, it's um, not just 
an anomaly that they're doing so well early on, um, which I think that was quite interesting. Um, and yeah, yeah, they just seem to be. I, I, luckily, no one, no one in my group plays well. Stu, my my friend Stu's got Jukai, but he doesn't take 40k too seriously. It's more just like a fun and off game air. Thing. And off air, you said he was terrible generally at 40k. Oh yeah, just at all games. <laughs> at all games. <laughs> Never ever beat me at bolt action in particular. <laughs> what about more time? Is he any good at that? Can you be good at more time? Um, I I think there is there is skill in more time, but uh, there is a larger element of luck. If you, if you, the person who rolls the most sixes will win. Uh, okay, perfect. So it's just pure luck. Okay, that's great. I really like that. Um, there's a question just coming in the chat, which I'm just going to answer quick. Uh, from Collaroo. He says, I finally bought a mat and table for my house. Could you give me a rough idea of how much terrain I need in case we haven't talked about terrain enough? Yeah, very quickly. So if I was going to put a 40k board together now, which is just a competent 40k board, I would create 12 pieces of terrain for 40k. Eight of them would be either L's, which would be like L shapes so that they could be obscuring and also breachable. Or I would make eight um, box shapes like, so they could be buildings or they could be like a, a tower or like a, a Necron fort or something. And those would be impassable or whatever the, the version is, like non-breachable. And then also would be obscuring. And then you want them to be like eight to nine inches high, if possible, uh, in that kind of conversation. So those, those are the eight of the 12 pieces. And then what's cool is you can really change the shape of your board up by just making your four other pieces swing pieces. So those could be forests, which would make four pieces on the board, which are like minus one to hit. And they're also, uh, if you shoot through them, and also they reduce your movement. So that's really good. So like uh, having the forest is a thing. You can take the forest out and you can put some crates on. And then those crates will provide like light cover and also some more land site blocking. So if you wanted to kind of go for a more kind of dense board in that way, or you could put a grate on, um, which is like a, just a, like a circular, I mean, square piece, whatever, crater, basically. Uh, and again, that will add a different effect. So the kind of eight L's slash boxes will really give you the bulk of what I think a board should look mm. like. And then the, the four other pieces mean you can kind of like style it up. I wouldn't go for like four of the L's or boxes and then four forests and then four like um, uh, craters. Like that would be too open, I think. Or, or yeah, I'd be def- a- yeah, eight, eight line of sight blocking pieces at least, I think is a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, uh, and that's on for the 44 by 60 for Age of Sigmar. Um, so I've uh, I've been uh, in the studio. I've been putting out um, Age of Sigmar terrain uh, and then uh, envisioning what that's going to look like on a 44 by 60. So currently for Age of Sigmar, I would put out uh, eight. Uh, so I'd put out ten pieces of terrain. Um, but my terrain is either nine inches by five inches or nine inches by ten inches. So it's quite it's 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 very big. Uh, like this piece, as you can see. So this is nine inches by 10 inches as a, mm. as a square. And the reason that I've done that, actually, so I, I originally I did some circle pieces, like some round pieces. The problem is, is if you're trying to create something that blocks line of sight, actually, like, I mean, it makes loads of sense. But as soon as you get like, it's only really you draw a line across the, the width and then it's quite hard to hide stuff behind a circle or something that's kind of like more organically yeah. shaped. You do mm. need it to like jut out. Um, I was thinking of creating like a, a, I don't know if you can kind of picture it, like a, a weird like double U, like um, I'm not really sure what it would look like. So you'd have like 
at two straight edges and then the other two would like kind of come in so you kind of had like an organic kind of like like a really rounded h if you know what i mean like the middle of the h was like really thick i don't know if i'm i'm trying to describe it well but anyway because then that would give you at least two edges that would make sense but circles yeah. are quite are quite poor for blocking stuff um yeah. and so i've gone for squares um mm. and yeah you'll see when you yeah, that. But I, yeah yeah so 44 by 60 though uh, I've gone for eight pieces, and four, four, four of those are nine inches by ten inches, and then four of those are um, nine inches by five inches, um, and then like made them three inches. You can't have them within three inches of the board edge. You can't have them within six inches of objective. Can't have them within six inches of each other. Um, it's pretty big. It's like it's pretty chunky. Uh, we're we're in the process of developing some maps right now, like some graphics for some maps. Uh, I don't think they're going to be ready for tomorrow, which was kind of the plan. Uh, so they'll more be ready for next week, but I'll show you guys. And they're going to obviously go out in the, the the event packs for the events that we're hosting and stuff as well. So you guys will see that um, later. But yeah, um, but never, and this is really important, not once Wildwoods from Games Workshop. Not one time. No. Nope. I That brings back bad memories now, mate. I've, I, my brain had kind of deleted them from my memory banks um, and partially repressed the memories as well because when... Because pre-pandemic, uh, well, actually, probably six months pre-pandemic, because I think six months before the pandemic, uh, I'd kind of stopped going to Warhammer World on Wednesdays and we're going to Gozzi's house to play more time instead. But whenever, but that was like, I'd say 50% of the terrain that they had out on the tables was uh, Wildwoods, either with the leaves stuck on or uh, no leaves. But the trees were always glued down. And they were always the worst just the worst terrain piece to have on your table because you'd either lean down and look at something almost stab your eye out uh you'd catch it with your tape measure or your hand <laughs> and you'd fling models all over the place so uh i don't i presume i mean i don't think games which make them anymore they've kind of replaced them with the new wildwoods which I'm but they still a, have a billion of them actually uh, i mm. thought about this uh yesterday because uh, this is what i do apparently it's actually no wonder that they gave them out um, to events all across the world and also sold so many of them because they're the cheapest to produce. If you think about it, it's one flat piece of plastic, mm. with three hollowed out pieces of tall plastic. Like it's mm. much cheaper. Like even if you think about something like one of the, like the 40k ruins that they sell, like when they when you do it as an like an L shape. Uh, with floors it's still very volume like free like there is they ha they're not using tons and tons of plastic especially because obviously they put windows in it as well so it's even less plastic because really that's kind of the, the the cost benefit to them but um even that's still more than the wildwoods the wildwoods is probably the cheapest like actual uh, amount of plastic that they could use to produce terrain so probably why you saw it so much because it was just very cost effective mm -hmm. Um, mm. which is very funny for a company that makes so much money that they've never once, not once, tried to make like nice-looking boards for their own building. Um, don't know what to say about that, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> like... there was a, I would say there was, a, there was a slight improvement in the last couple of years. Like They did start to put a few more uh, like bigger line-of-sight blocking buildings in. They did sort of make some improvements, but... They're still not that functional for gameplay because they they'd quite like I had a few tournament games at Warhammer World where they had like the big uh, blocky buildings and they'd have like like a partial exploded side of the building where there was a slightly exposed bottom floor 
and you know in that kind of that kind of event everyone's like wanting to like use as many advantages as possible so you get people trying to cram their models on the bottom floor of this ruin trying to poke their models inside the buildings and stuff like that it's just fiddly as hell that's why i think l shapes although they can be a little bit boring to see them everywhere all the time but maybe they're ever all the time because they are very functional because like an L you can very easily just put your models in and take them out. Not like a almost enclosed building. You've got to poke your hand in or take the roof off to put your models in the bottom floor, etc. I just think we should encourage some more just like whole buildings that are just like enclosed. And then people yeah. are like, you know, people um, are going to say, people will say things like, you know, obviously that affects that massively affects like infantry, affects but like, infantry, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, not my and, fault. And, the game's that way. No, and I, I, I would, I would, I would say that that can be really good as well because um, most of the ninth edition games that I've played at James Workshop, we have uh, the. You know, can you remember the set of terrain that I initially made years ago for the for the studio, the Mars-like set with like the yellow buildings and stuff like that. So that's the set of terrain that we're predominantly using for our ninth edition games at the minute. So it, it's basically four big area terrains, but with buildings on that are tall so they're taller for line site blocking terrain but they will you can't go inside them so they block off like a quite a big area of the board for infantry movement and stuff like that um and i think it makes it quite interesting just have while infantry just can't be like ghosts and just walk through anything that they want and get anywhere like as much as tanks have to think about their movement and where they're going to go and how they're going to get to objectives etc like infantry have to think about that as well and go around things and it makes like channels of movement um, so you can kind of, you know, your enemy's got to come around this way or go around that way, or they could just fly over it or climb over it. So the buildings are all designed so you can stick models on top of them quite easily. Uh, and I've, I've not found, I've not found not having L's on the, turret, on the, on the tables bad for the game. It's just different. I don't think it's like we need, we needed L's to make the games fun and, and, uh, work well i think it works equally well with those uh big impassable lo- loss blockers as well we really so should having a mix it. would be good as well though i think a mix would be really good um and i 100 percent think we should just rename ourselves to the terrain channel because no matter how much we try about talk about something else just comes back just keep just comes back. back to that try to get out but they just keep dragging <laughs> me back in <laughs> dragging me back in to all the shit <laughs> honestly so one of the things actually uh nick um that's come up a lot recently in age of sigma um i don't know if, i don't know if you've been keeping super track of it but like it's been pretty like out there and, and really on the ball like is um how much shooting is affecting the game like how significant shooting is um but then actually i only re and, and, and let me just throw my hat in the ring here and saying i was in that camp and i'm in that camp yeah um and then I actually only the other day, and like I'd been having this conversation in two different places all at once, and I hadn't been having it with myself, and I clearly hadn't ever listened to myself at any point. I was just like, I was like, forty k so good because of the terrain. Forty k, I was like, AC Mars got such a shooting problem. AC Mars got such a shooting problem. Like, yeah, all, all the units that are so good are so strong. They're like, shooting. I was like, AC Mars got a shooting problem, and like forty k so good because of the terrain because they make it. So, and then I was like, oh yeah, of course, that's the problem. Like none of us use fucking terrain. Like it's like, <laughs> like, like I mm. just like hit the nail on my head with myself, and I was like, "Oh, that's the problem because we don't yeah. have any at yeah. all." And it's I mean, there just is, a glass. there is the isn't the woods? Are they they block shooting? But 
if you no, fly, you only ignore if that. you're like only if you like draw a line like three inches across it or something like dumb. Oh. Yeah, like and not if you fly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the opponent flies, so you can just shoot over it. Um, yeah, I did so, feel yeah. like I've not played Age of Sigmar properly in a long time, but I do feel that you know terrain didn't have a huge impact on the game necessarily. Uh, but may- maybe that was just because I was playing at Warhammer World lots and I just got frustrated with all the Wildwoods being on, on the table. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you go play casually at Warhammer World, by the way, you just pick your table then you move all the Wildwoods to a different table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever you went there, there was always two or three tables just stacked, absolutely stacked <laughs> high with just all the abandoned Wildwoods that no one wants to play. Or then there's that poor table, those guys that turned up late and the only terrain that they have is Wildwoods. And they're like really sad. <laughs> the, the, the new kids, they're like, ah. Oh. But then, to be fair, most of them don't know what the fuck they're doing, so they can just play around the woods. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was it? Uh, Bonnie and Manchild said in the chat, and I would never advocate for two D terrain like real poly geek saying. But no. thanks for listening while you're at work. You super super babe. Um, <laughs> he said it really weirds me out that AOS is a shoot game and 40k is the combat game. That's not the case. It's just. Nick, if I took away all the terrain in 40k, would you say that 40k would be quite a shooty game? Uh, yes. It, assuming that you know that there's going to be no terrain. People yeah. are more specking towards combat armies because of the terrain. So if you just all of a sudden took the terrain away, they would be like, well, well I'll just bring my tower again and just sit in my, sit in my blob, nine broadsides, and just shoot the fuck out of you. Because there was that, there was that famous game. Well, I don't know if it's famous to everyone anyone else, but I always remember it when we had Tank on uh, versus Jane at the um, Northwest uh, Open. North, yeah, the North Northwest Open, or yeah, uh, which Ace ran, um, and we had Necrons on, and, and I was dead excited. I think because I was like, I think it was one of my first games commentating, um, and I was like, oh, yes, great Necrons. I know what Necrons do, uh, and we got Tank on. And it was eighth edition. There was ve- because of the mission. I think it was like, well, Jane had a really tough choice. She either hid right at the back and gave herself no options turn one, and basically gave up the game straight away, or she deployed on the line because she needed to get a tank and uh, shoot things and complete objectives. Um, and she decided to just deploy on the line because I think that basically she was forced into that because of the matchup and the mission and tank went first and he just went here's all my combos i'm just going to stand still and deleted 75 percent of her army and then the rest in the next turn the game was <laughs> over in two turns because it was just a completely open battlefield yeah so that was like the perfect example of uh having no terrain rules that block line of sight whereas if we just changed if we just gave that game uh, ninth Current edition rules. terrain rules. It would yep. be a totally different game because it would have given Jane multiple options of, oh, I could just hide this, hide these here, hide that there. It can't. He can go first. It can't do anything, and then I can jump out and shoot and gives gives people more of a chance. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think back to like things like the Cunning Ruck from Age of Sigma, where it was like a billion shots, and I'm like, yeah. would that have even worked if there was just like a piece yeah. of fucking terrain in the middle where you couldn't shoot over it. Like, yeah, it just gives you some counterplay, doesn't it? Whereas there isn't currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think, I don't think like, like, and I, I stumbled on that, like, I don't think that's even fucking, I don't think that, like, it's a genius level play. Like, it was more, I needed to make a connect in my own head because I'm an idiot. So that's where we're at. 
that that's just the simple solution and answer. Like, just put some terrain on the board. Because the shooty game has solved the problem. And everyone's like, what will we do in Age of Sigmar? How will we solve the problem? What will we... And it's like... <laughs> like this is the answer. Yeah? This is the answer. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm, really looking for, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, hey, JS505. Rambo Score, what's going on? Real Polygeek. I'm going to yell at my free guild in French from now on like some Verudan-era general uh, sending mean into the ke- men into the KO meat grinder. That's what... Yeah, <laughs> on the open battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> just charge. Go over the top. Normally hurt you. March uh, forward politely. Stand in a line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mandoli says um, uh, Sigma, where you could buy terrain like the Folding Fortress in Eighth Edition, I think is interesting. I think there's also like what's weird about Sigma uh, terrain in Eighth Sigma as well. Oh my God, someone ask a different question, so we're never talking about this subject again. <laughs> is that you've got like the boats, Nick, and you've also got the Osiot Bone Reaper. I know you hate faction terrain, Nick. Vehemently, I fucking hate f- faction terrain. Fucking hate. I don't. It. I don't mind. So I don't mind faction terrain existing. And it being a product that you can buy, you can put on the table, but making it free for everyone is just no, just fuck off. Well, I personally think um, so. One of the things that uh, that I've written into my Age Sigmar uh, a terrain pack is that certain terrain features just replace a piece of terrain on the board. It's that simple. So you've got your your terrain pre-placed, very simple, and then you just replace. So if you've got the new uh, shrine for Lumineth Realm Lords. You just replace a bit of terrain that's on the board. Just swap it, like mm. in deployment. And they're like, "No, but I want to do it like this, so I can block." And I'm like, "Like, I don't care about your feelings." Uh, like, but I want to get a, I want to gain a really unfair advantage of my opponent with my massive piece of terrain. Uh, Come on, fuck off! <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really easy. Ideneth boats just replace two pieces of terrain. Uh, but I want to surround this objective with four bits of boats, and my opponent can never get it, and I can just fly over with my eels and just like fuck him over. Um, no. I like, use all just, my skill to do that. <laughs> it's just really easy when you have that conversation. Uh, so I just think, um, uh, how far do you guys typically have to travel to get to your gaming venue, says Kilpinick? Um, I have to go one minute, 45 seconds oh, uh, from on, my house to my gaming venue. <laughs> um, but I do have to disturb the Chinese restaurant as I go down in the morning when they're doing like morning, they're doing morning setup. They were They were cooking some some ducks today like and everything was out it was all out i was like that's too much for me to see i don't need that at like 8 30 uh, <laughs> uh malk travels 20 minutes on a bike oh it was a generic nick how do you far do you travel like wait is this going to be your local gaming venue or is that yours uh, like james workshop well my local gaming venues are either james, usually james workshop or gozzies or yeah the the tsn arena now uh, previously Warhammer World, I'll still possibly go there for the occasional event, but it won't be a frequent haunt for gaming nights uh, anymore. Um, so I would say 15 to 20 minutes, probably. Okay. Okay. 15 to 20 minutes. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Where's the? Uh, what's the farthest you travel for a one-dayer? That's the question, because we've obviously put a bunch of one-day events uh, out. I went to... One that Ace ran, uh, I actually went with uh, Trove, uh, my friend Paul and Toby. Remember, is it Toby? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Custodes Toby. Uh, we all drove down to one of Ace's events. I can't remember where that was. That was maybe two hours ish, I would say. 
Um, yeah, and that was a, that was a, a cheeky one there. Did you drive back the same day or stay over? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We just drove back that that evening. Yeah, because I think a one day is the perfect setup for like a crack it like because I feel like you drive up in the morning like it's a good stay over. Uh, like like I, obviously i'm running one day as like but i'm not like this isn't meant to be like this is the whole conversation negatives and positives you drive up or you travel wherever to your one day event yeah just take the bus to your local event whatever and support your local like gaming stores and go to their one day sort of thing i'm not talking about ours right because they're sold out um the you go there and then you play for the day and then you have and then what i wouldn't want to do i don't think is travel back what I'd want to do is go out for food and some drinks with everyone, go yeah. out in the evening, crash mm-hmm. in a hotel that night, and then just have a lazy Sunday. Get yeah. up, maybe go back to the gaming venue, maybe just play a like, pickup game or something, or like do a chill, or travel back in the morning. I think that's kind of like, that's the perfect setup for me, unless it's going to mm-hmm. be like a big, I want to smash face at a big deal, big deal tournament. I think, that's, I think that's a fucking lovely day. One of the yeah. suggestions that came in yesterday from Plymouth Troll Slayers, Nick, I don't know what your thoughts on this, I'm going to put an event out maybe at the end of the week. It's for a midweek event. What is your feeling about a midweek event? Um, I mean, I think it would be interesting, but I think you'd have to book, you'd have to book more of annual leave to do it. So it, are you talking one day or two day? Because like the oh, great thing about a weekend day, is like uh, you don't have you just you just well assuming you have a a, a regular an average you know Monday to Friday uh, work schedule and you're not you're not a weekend worker then weekends are are great because you don't have to book anything off unless you want to book the Friday to travel or the Monday to rest afterwards or whatever mm-hmm. but a midweek tournament would be more challenging I think for booking annual leave and stuff like that. But I think it'd be interesting because you it might, you know, it might be less busy, I guess, and you get the weekend to chill afterwards and stuff. I but, don't know. I, I don't it's... know. Like, I reckon that there's a bunch of people that would just want to play on like a Wednesday because, like, service staff. Like, if you work in hospitality at all, yeah, anyway, yeah. and it's hard you for you to get weekends off. Yeah, you don't get weekend. You just don't. Like, I mean, you yeah, yeah. like you and you. I don't know. Like, I think like, and there's a lot of people. I wouldn't. Like obviously, I think a lot, a lot of the Warhammer people generally have kind of like a, a Monday to Friday sort of job profile. But like, as me as an event worker, previous to doing all this for for work, um, when I would like do events and I would do lots of stuff at the weekends, like it would just be the worst. And also getting up, getting up at seven thirty in the morning, nightmare because I would finish at four at night. So I was like, it was a whole new world for me. Like you got to be an adult now and come into the adult world. I was like, no, this is the worst. <laughs> I want to get up midday on a Wednesday and play Warhammer all day. Uh, <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Topher says, definitely a market for midweek events. Just struggle to see it more than 30, uh, 30 round events at most. Uh, sorry, 30 people. Yeah, I see. I don't think you make... I said this to Owen yesterday. I, like, you, the weekends are the best for huge events because that's when most people are free. But small events, I think you could do one of those, definitely. A midweek... We need a good name for it, though, Nick. Midweek mayhem? That sounds. Midweek madness? No. Midweek madness, I think it'd be quite cool. Midweek madness. Midweek madness, I think it'd be interesting. Um, uh, Seen some great concerts there. Wednesday Warriors. Uh, The Wednesday Warriors. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) The Midweek Minis, Warmonger Wednesday, Midweek uh, Magnus for the 40k one. Thanks, Colleroo. 
Mandal is nothing will be great for one day as Warham World nearby. You get the international fans coming out to visit Warham World and attend one day while they're over there. You only take a day and you can tick off your do a tournament overseas on the good old bucket list. <laughs> Just a tick, tick, tick. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Uh, one of the other things, uh, Nick, uh, see if this is, takes your fancy. Because uh, obviously, uh, I think oh, we won't announce it yet, but there's you may be running an event at some point, which is cool. Yes, the League of Knights. I think it'd be, well, I think it'd be technically League of Knights 5. Okay. So around three physical events and then an online event. So this will be the fifth League of Knights event. Okay, so that will Brad. be coming to the TSN Arena. Hashtag soon. Hashtag July. soon. July, I think. Yeah, July 12th. Uh, but that kind of uh, that set me up actually, Nick, uh, because I was like, "Oh, what do I do on the Sunday? What event do I do on the Sunday? Should I just like hang out? Should I take the day off?" I was like, "Nah." So I'll tell everyone in the chat now. Um, is uh, I mean, I've literally made the event. In fact, actually, why don't you just why don't you try and guess what it is, Nick, while I quickly make it live? Well, so what I hope what see. I hope it is, I hope it's uh, a League of Knights inspired monster mash tournament where you only bring big monsters. Oh, that, that would be that would be great. But I'm, not, I'm not writing that much of a pack. That's too much for me to do. <laughs> you, 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 sound, you made something that sounds really great. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, another question in the chat: When are the Mordheim events happening? That's the real question, Nick. Uh, at some point, we could definitely run a Mordheim uh, tournament, but you need quite specific terrain for Mordheim, and I don't really think Rob's got the time at the minute to print off eight tables worth of Mordheim terrain. But I will at some point. At some point, yeah. yeah. yeah that, would be, that would be cool. You could definitely do like, But it wouldn't really be a tournament. It would be more like a campaign sort of weekend. Um, but yeah, that's a possibility for the future. So, uh, I'm not committing to doing it, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't commit to doing that. That's way too intense. It's like, sort of like you're going to run a Blood Bowl tournament. Like, no. Someone can run a Blood Bowl tournament here because I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, that's fine. What I decided to do was, as the link in the chat will say, and uh, the Twitch chat are finding out live now. I wasn't planning on releasing this for a few days, so I'm literally only going to tell everyone on Twitch. Going to keep it a secret. Podcast, guys, I'll include it in the show notes. But you are the only people that will know. We won't put this on, like, public at the moment. Is a Age of Sigmar singles event, a three-round event, but Destruction Armies only. Uh, Destruction Derby, yeah. We we talked about we we talked about that a while ago, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just destruction only. Um, which I think would be mint. Uh, yeah. and then maybe in the future I'll do like order only or whatever, but like I was like, nah, that'll be like because I want to see, because it was I was really talking to Owen yesterday when he was talking about the different event pack he's running. I was like, we should just be doing like fun stuff, making people have a good time. Like yeah. so fuck yeah. Um only G I don't own, but it's in Nottingham. Uh, yeah, sounds like fun. It's in Nottingham. That's where it is. It's at CSN a Arena, fun thing. A fun thing that. Um, so years ago in Eighth Edition, I don't. I don't think. I'm not sure you were playing at this point. Did you ever play in one of the Tempest events? I know. I heard about them though. But you um, can tell everyone about so it. So they were generally. Uh, they tried to do something different. So they were. It was a heavily comped tournament, basically, like loads of comp. But it wasn't comp to try and make it more Fair. balanced necessarily. It was more comp to try and encourage people to take off meta things um and some of the stuff that they did sometimes like one event that i went to it was really fun basically everyone who went got a free giant so you took your 2000 point list but everybody had a giant um and what that meant was that everyone could like 
It didn't obviously have to be an official giant model. Some people bought some really shit giants, like an action man or something. Um, so it didn't look very nice at that point. Uh, it was more ETC level conversions, but that was just a fun element to that uh, tournament because you knew going into the into every game that your opponent's going to have a giant, and you've got a giant. So uh, either it was just like, right, my giant's going to fight your giant in the middle, and then one of them's going to win. So that'd be kind of cool for the destruction one. Either either you just have it straight destruction, two thousand points, or you could be like, well, you have to include at least one allied giant in your list, or everyone gets a free giant. I think that'd be quite interesting. Yeah. I think that sounds really yeah. Like I just want I just want to just do stuff that's fun. And thanks everyone for pointing out that I've put uh, two hundred points, not two thousand point armies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just sixty people with just with two, thirty with rounds a unit of gits. <laughs> thirty rounds of two hundred point games. <laughs> Imagine how fast you do a five hundred point game. You're like, what's in your list? I got this character of this unit. You're like, fucking, let's go. Uh, let's see what. You- <laughs> Does it work? Um, does it work with uh, five? No, you can't play with five hundred points. Um, I wonder if there's like scope for a beginners tournament of five hundred points, so they do get more reps in. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, and I think you could, you could at that point, you could potentially. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll, I'll take this one. I'll be back in a second. Bye, Nick. Hello. Uh, <laughs> right, it's just you. It's just you and me now, chat. So ask me any questions you want. Uh, a question in the chat earlier was um, uh, about the from Kelbar. Do you think that 40k 9th and AOS 3 will have a three-year cycle? Yeah, it looks like that's their, their setup. So three-year cycles. We don't know, but I would assume. I would buy things and plan based on three-year cycles. Um, I'm actually going to go into a Crusade event, a bunch of 50 power level games. Wow, Connery, that sounds fun. Um what does Dreadwood say? So popular. 1K beginner would be better, says I'm a good demon honest. I think you can, I think I'm a good demon honest. You can break the game at 4K, uh, 1K. 1K is a bit trash because you can break the game, I think. Whereas I think 500 points or maybe even 750, it's harder to break it, I, I would argue. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'd have to, like, run some numbers and put it out there. Um, I'm on the honest wall. Hello? 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 <laughs> I don't get past uh, the wife now. I bought a ticket, uh, says Robert Scroll. What have you bought a ticket for? The Destruction Derby! <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's gonna... So, my plan is I haven't told Nathan yet, but my plan is is to get Nathan be the, t- the TO or the judge or maybe be the commentator. I can't decide yet, right? but I'm going to try and hit him up. So, basically, most of the ticket money is going to be spent to book Nathan because Nathan's working super hard at the minute. He's flat out of work. So, we'll just use the ticket money to like book Nathan in for the day. And then just run the destruction derby, and it'll be great fun. Um, and then like you'll just win like the Nathan Prescott Gobblepalooza Award or something. It's just gonna be mint. It's gonna be fucking mint. Um, I still think in AOS three this summer. Yes, says to- yes, Tofa. I still think in AOS three this summer, unless of course I imagine that's what the announcement for Agency will be next week. Of course, obviously, uh, unless we get um, unless the their problems in the warehouse have caused so much of an issue that we're not going to see anything. Um, uh, AOS3 better have Nurgle up front uh, literally bursting for more Nurgle models Nurgle's great this uh, this is like 9 inch tall and 10 inch wide uh, can I call this obscuring right Dark Fantastic Mills oh Dark Fantastic Mills yeah 100% uh, what is it what am I looking at yeah you could do that you could just say that's obscuring I, like the thing is like with the obscuring keyword a lot of it's like 
well, I can see through it. You just say it's obscuring. You can't see yeah. through it. It's really easy. Um, like what's nice is if you base the obscuring piece of terrain, so then you, everyone knows when you're drawing a line across it. That's mm. important. Um, a good a good tool that I would encourage lots of people to get, which has really been useful. It really used to be useful like in eighth edition because you'd have like charge angles and stuff like that for your units and whatever, like a 45, 45 degree angle from the corner of your units. Um, they kind of fell off, I think, in Age of Sigma because it wasn't needed and 8th edition didn't need it. But it's a, a laser pointer, but it produces a line on the table. So just like a lasered line <clears throat> on the table. So that's really useful for uh, determining line of sight. And like you say, Rob, if your terrain piece has got a base, it makes it really, really clear-cut, defined where that terrain is. So you can just sort of position the line on the edge of my base, scooting past the edges of terrain, and can I clip your unit to see? And it's very, very clear-cut. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy. That really helps. Uh, Real Polygeek says, cover versus concealment is key to not getting shot in real life. Why not in the game? Uh, cover versus concealment. Uh, what would be the... Di concealment would be you can't be seen, and cover is like you've got your head yeah. down. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see me, but I'm behind a barrel. You can see my cap above this barrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, breachable though because of holes. Um, the winner gets a trophy that's a garden gnome that looks a bit like Nathan. So yeah, I announced the destruction derby, Nick. Uh, so that's going to be the Nathan Palooza. I'm in. I'm that's in. a good name. That's, that's a great good, name. Yeah, I'm looking forward to putting trophies together. That's really fun as well. And again, the 3D printing for the trophies is just. I did uh, my first. I printed some bases today, Nick, for the first time. You know, oh just yeah. Like, what, using the um, was it the filament printer or is this the resin printer? The filament printer. So I didn't. I just did plain bases. I didn't do like any textured bases. And there are loads, mm. loads, and loads, and loads, and loads, and loads, and fucking loads of textured bases mm. that you can print on uh, resin printers. So you can just go to town. And they've just done them in all base sizes, which is just really cool. So um, yeah, there are loads of options there. Uh, but that's not what I went for. I just went for some plain bases because I needed to stick some models on it. Um, mm. And they they came out great. They worked really well, uh, and they weren't that expensive. I think they were like, what was I what was I producing? I think it was something like um, I produced nine fifty mil bases, which are quite big, obviously fifty mil mm. bases. Mm -hmm. But nine of them cost about two two pound three pound. Mm. That that feels okay. Uh, let me check on uh, eBay. So I I my I. For bases, I my, I love MDF. MDF is my favorite material for basing because I think it's uh, I like the flat edge that you get with it. What's your what's what's yours and Chat's opinion for basing? Angled edge or flat edge? Angled edge. More aesthetic, oh. is it not? Huh? Is it more? It's more aesthetic. Why is that more aesthetic? Well, you know, like uh, you taper, like your waist. You taper your waist up. That's what, what? like uh, like a lady. Or even a man, you know, like you got that V-shaped body, like a swimmer. What makes you look better, makes you look thinner. I don't know, thinner's not right. Like more like your eyes are drawn, like so your eyes are drawn from the bottom up, like seductively up the curves okay. towards the model. That's what I'm thinking. What about you? Are you thinking flat? I yeah, I always do flat base. If I've got a choice, flat flat edge bases. I, I like a good uh, deep as well. Uh, thin thin looks shit. Uh, three millimeters is probably my minimum uh, deep base, but I do like uh, a, like a, sometimes I double base and make go six mil. 
So it must, it's double almost like bass. a display bass. Yeah, sometimes I double bass it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like a flat edge. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain to you. Ex- like, I can't explain to you my feelings. I can't articulate them with words. It's just more of a gut feeling. I just, I just prefer the flat edge. It looks, and it also gives you more surface I could make, area I for hadn't the even thought basic. that I could make the bass thicker. That's exciting. That's mm. very interesting. Yeah. Like, because also, actually, I don't really know. It's the the beveled edge. It's the bottom of the base that's the 32 mil, for instance. It's the top that's smaller because it's beveled. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you get more retail. You get, yeah, you get more. You get more surface surface area for your basing for tufts. Baby, I mean, on, these flat, on these flat edge bases, you can fit way more tufts than your okay. beveled bases. We haven't got money for that. That's so crazy. I that's... think that basically wins the argument right there. <laughs> I think it does win the argument. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do you swap all your Games Workshop bases over to vertical nicks, Stu? Uh, yes, I don't use Games Workshop bases. Do you sell the bases on? Because they must be worth uh, I just keep them for... Te- so I use them for painting temporary bases. Right, I get what you mean. So do you... Because my system is... My system is... Build a model, super glue it to a base, but like a very, very thin light, light amount of super yeah. glue. And then I paint... I spray and paint it on the base, and then I snap it off, and then I, I, I've done the bases separate, and then I stick them together, mm. and that's my process. Yeah. Is that the same? Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Army painters for days. This is how we do it. No fucking about... Um, that means more work. I'm out. Says It's way more work to do your base on the model. Absolutely, you got to be careful putting the sand or painting around it, where you can just like go to town on your model, do whatever. That's way too yeah. intense for me. Yeah, same, same, same process. I never so, thought about making it like double thick, though. I guess that's the advantage oh, of it being straight. Honestly, it looks a, th- a nice thick base. Looks so nice. Wow. Uh, Rob Kelly says I use MDF ones for. I'm using from Green Stuff World rollers on. Because I do them uh, in baking clay and can throw the base in the oven ready-made. That's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So long as I just get my hu- the husband to do my bases. There you go. That's easy. You should do that. I um I did a tweet yesterday, Nick. Someone sent me a link. Oh, fuck. I'll tell you what the link was for, but I don't want to hear about it in the chat. Someone sent me a link for the 10 best ways to improve your photography of horses. Don't say a fucking word. Don't okay. say a fucking word, right? So I'm just going to put my blinkers on and just <laughs> not not look at that. Right. But it made me think, not a word, Twitch chat. Right, I see you. Um, <laughs> I thought, um, why isn't there like a BuzzFeed slash Goonhammer article the 10 top ways to support your partner in the hobby and obviously like my number one was make them read the pack and they won't read the pack and then of course read the pack to them Mm -hmm. that's the only way that they'll ever actually read the pack is if you just sit them down while they paint they can't run away and you read it to them that's the number one way but i would think that's a great article maybe we should do that on tonight's show we should do the 10 top ways to support uh your partner in the hobby because I think I, like doing the bases for you is a big one. Like mm. I don't know many partners that would do that. No. Um, playing would be one of them. Be be a practice partner. That's a lot. Like, if they didn't, and if they didn't play, that'd be good for like your emotional health. Because uh, if if they play you and you just absolutely fucking smash them off the table, you're like fucking hell, yes. 
<laughs> god golden god of warhammer and then you go into the tournament game full of confidence <laughs> full of confidence like i'm yeah. so good at this i think playing the game one, one is thing a lot. one thing i've asked amy to do for me uh if i'm going off to a tournament in the morning is um you know how like in medieval times uh uh damsels might wave off the knights with a little uh little uh white cloth or something like that i've got amy to do that to me before as i'm leaving for an event she just leans out the window waves a little white thing <laughs> okay that works that works i uh what, what about um be given your lady's colors oh yeah 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 like an nice. old knight yeah yeah that works yeah like when someone's like uh can i take this back i'm like i'm afraid i can't this is for my lady's honor and i shan't <laughs> i shan't let you <laughs> i shall not sir I shall not. Um, anyway, I thought that that would be fun. And obviously you can make it like um, gender agnostic. So it's just like your partner, what your partner yeah. can do. I think that's really important. I think, I see, the thing is, is I wouldn't want a partner to play the game with me. Maybe play the game with me. I'm not really sure. But like that's my thing. I just want to like, I want to play with the, the people who like, I'd rather play with someone who's really willing to play and wants to play and is as excited about playing as me. But like, there's so much stuff that we have to do before we can play. Like, bases are a good example get the bases on i feel like that is like partner territory or at least reading like imagine you're hanging out with your partner you do the painting while they read the rules to you yeah and they can and then you can kind of have like a back and forth they're like oh he's got 14 wounds you'd be like well yeah that's quite good actually like you could have a back and forth in that setup i think that would be quite nice um and anyway these i'm just talk, d- describing my dream life when no one will ever do this for me but i thought it would make a great article which no one ever was um my partner used to do the priming for me says intern matt wow okay uh some production being done there um yeah. in my uni uh in uni my mate spent all summer smashing his nephew at gold knight on n64 sister redacted battered us all in september so that's a sound theory <laughs> that's there you go nick there's an option yeah. um yeah, uh, shoulder, uh, Cold Shoulder 69 says, Yeah, my husband just wants to watch me do hobby. He doesn't want in on the hobby or game or hobby at all. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I never lost a game of Connect 4 to my niece. She hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> all right, fine. He's well, on that yeah, note. Good philosophy. Well, just to circle us back to the bases, so on, on eBay, you can get 30 yeah. 50 mil, 3 mil deep MDF bases for £4.16p. Well, they're not even cheaper. Then it's not even cheaper to 3D print them then. So MDF all the way. Mm. How do you find um, like stuff sticking to them? Like, I know that sounds dumb. Like, is it like a um, kind of shiny material? Mostly, mostly fine. The only thing I've had an issue with, uh, well, two actually. Um, so filler, if you just put filler onto it, so just a standard powder filler mix and you put that onto an MDF base, it once it dries, it won't stick and it can come off. So you can use like a bit of PVL wood glue to try to prime the surface ready for the filler. Uh, and also I've used with my orcs um, the textured spray. You can get like a texture spray from B&Q. So when I did my orcs, I needed to do like over 200 bases at once. And I didn't want to do it sanding and blah, 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 blah. So I just sprayed the texture paint. Uh, and it works fine, but sometimes it, it will come off the MDF base. So um, if you want to be super sure... Just use some PVA or wood glue to either prime the surface or if you're just putting sand on, mixing PVA with sand and putting on the MDF base, it'd be fine. Okay. All right. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, oh, I can hear myself. 
Uh, Stu redacted asked if you needed to up them up a bit, which is good. Uh, and Aripa wants to point out that AOS coach interviewed partners at war, um, uh, who are two people who play Warhammer together again. Again, not looking for a partner in war. I've got many. I've got many. I don't want. And also, not to be fucking rude, like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to not respect my partner in that way. Like, because if she, they aren't bringing their A game, if they're like, they're like, yeah. I'm having a laugh. I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, fucking it's get your deadly head in the serious game. toy you get soldiers. Fucking, you get your head in the game. I'm not like, I'm not half assed in this. Yeah, you play or you don't play. I don't want no fucking around. Yeah, right. Like, so uh, I want. I just want. What I'm really saying is, I want someone to just do all my bases want, for me. You want a squire? You want a hobby <laughs> squire? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Could, Prepare my horse again? for battle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't spell wife without without whack. <laughs> that's good. That's good for you. Uh, JS505 says, I'm too scared to play with my wife during Catan. She does some aggressive eye contact and subtle threats of violence. Wow, okay. <laughs> so, that are we a ride or die channel now, says Born Again Man Child? We know it. We've always been a ride or die channel. We, we, Nick, I said this to you and Tom the other day, didn't I, before the Spice Center? Yeah. They were like, How spicy are we going? I was like, You two are my ride or dies. I'm, I'm in it until the end. Like, <laughs> whatever we need. <laughs> right, anyway, Nick, thanks for being on the show. That's all right. I'll see uh, you and everyone else later. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. Uh, see you guys later as well. Let's go raid someone. We hit, uh, we got uh, an achievement uh, earlier Ooh. for um, raiding. We've raided so many people now, which was super fun. Uh-huh. Nick, as a guest, you get to choose. Um, okay. What? Who you'd like to raid? Would you like it to be Warhammer or something weird and freaky? Mm, well, I went weird and creepy last time, so let's go Warhammer. Uh, right, okay, so, uh, there's a few people live, there's a few people, um, testing out some Death Watch lists, starting soon, uh, there's a very great, like, front cover of this, this, this I'm going for this one, Nick, because he's got, um, uh, a very cool, like, landing page, which will be good, uh, loads of love for everyone tuning in, thanks very much, uh, it's been very cool talking to you, yeah, Nick, thanks, thanks for being here, uh, oh, no, no problem messed it up um oh god one second sorry uh there we go uh, yeah thanks everyone for tuning in thanks for watching back on youtube obviously and thanks for listening to the podcast hope you're all well um uh yeah love your loads and talk to you tonight tonight join us for the 40k show it's gonna be whoop, 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 whoop. um it'll be fun see you guys soon bye